Okay, praise the Lord. Oh, uh, I want to start in uh, in uh, the in the book of Acts here. And remember, the book of Acts here. If you look closely, just a second. Here's Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, and then Acts. And remember, I keep telling you that the Bible's laid out. You know, we think it's a theological book because we hear so much today, and all of it, everything we're hearing, most of the time, is designed to keep us from looking at this because this is where we get our our help from. Oh, uh, but anyway, if you, truly, if you if you do look in a, in a oh from <clears throat> a, you step back just a minute, Genesis. The word Genesis actually means beginnings, and uh, you know, somebody's wrong somewhere. Jesus said in the beginning. You know, he was talking about. When, when God created uh, Adam and Eve, and he said in the beginning they were created male and female when he was talking about, you know, things. And uh, so somebody's dead wrong here. And, of course, I don't believe Jesus is wrong, and I don't believe Genesis is wrong. I believe all those folks that are just trying to tell us, you know, silly things like, well, you know, the stars, it would take uh, millions of billions of light years to reach. That's not the question. You're asking the wrong question. The question is how that light get here that fast, you know. Exactly, and uh, there's other things. If you just go out and search and do a little, evidence, actually is on our side. You know, it's amazing. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, just look up some things about creation, and you'll you'll see that the evidence is out there on our side. But anyway, uh, beyond that, we sure are following a bunch of myths and fables. But you know what's going on? The book of Genesis here, and then already in chapter, I mean, in, in ex, excuse me, in the second book, you have Exodus. Come on, in, guys, and. Uh, these are historical uh, documents, and if you go down here and go look books, shall we say, and you can see what all what all these things that took place. Okay, so in Genesis, I like to say, you know, of course, it's creation, but by the sixth chapter, you realize in the sixth chapter we already have a flood. I mean, my goodness, there's going to be a flood here, but thankfully, you know, uh, the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord, you know, spared Noah and, and told him to build his boat and whatever. But anyway, by the time in the sixth chapter. They're still in this water in the seventh chapter. By the eighth chapter, you know, God didn't forget about Noah and the animals. They're still in the boat, you know. And anyway, details about this flood. And, of course, if you look scientifically, there's evidence all over this globe about a flood. There's something out there that took place. Of course, we know. Anyway, by the ninth chapter, they're uh, on the ground there. In the tenth chapter, we get a little, uh, the Tower of Babel. You know, all these people, they've, they've already, uh, you know, they've already expanded out and all this kind of stuff. And lo and behold, by the time you get to the end of the 11th chapter, you see a name that we start hearing about, and that's going to be, uh, here it comes, uh, uh, Abram, you know, and named who his father was. And there's details about, uh, oh, uh, listed in here, let's say, I think like even in the, the fourth chapter, look at this. Yeah, okay, so Adam had sexual intercourse with his wife Eve. She conceived and gave birth to a son, uh, Cain, meaning I've created, for she said, with God's, create, I've, uh, with God's help I've created a man. Oh, let's see. That's the fourth chapter. Hang on, the fifth chapter. Let's see. Yeah, here, look at this. You don't do this kind of stuff if you're making up lies. You don't leave a bread trail. Gee, don't do that, you know. But we have bread trails all through the scriptures saying this happened, this happened, this happened, and this guy's dad was this guy's dad, and this guy's dad was this guy. Here's where we have all Seth was 150 when Enish was born. Afterward, 107 years. Okay, la-da-da-da. So anyway, so you can see this here is not intent on, well, we need to have the Christian religion, and we need to have a theological book. These are just facts. You know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're created in God's image. According to Genesis chapter 1, it was a real event. Something happened. Okay, anyway, I'm going to skip ahead here. And these things, this is totally historical. Historical. I think about that. Chronicles. 
Oh, yeah, how spiritual are these kings? Well, really, about the first two, actually. Second and third were about the spirit. Well, that's not true. Hezekiah and some of the other guys, they, they caught on a little bit. But a lot of them were just worshiping uh, idols and things like that. So, and it's t- totally historical. Look at this. David in his old age, confined to his bed. You know, oh, that's really, that's real spiritual. You know, the cure for this, his age said, let's get him a young woman. Oh, that's real spiritual. You know, I mean, come on. These are stories. They're stories. And what you find out here in 1 Kings is uh, there's a, uh, one of David's son, Adonijah, is fixing to crown himself as king. And it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be Solomon. So you have a little political problem here. Well, actually, a family problem. And so, uh, just to, r- real quickly, uh, oh, don't want to spend much time here, but anyone, uh, Absalom was the one that was going to do it. Uh, he was the one that was going to try to take over the throne. But anyway, you hear from, let's see, oh, oh, yeah, Bathsheba, I, I passed it right there, yeah. Then Nathan the prophet, you ever heard of him? Yeah, he, he went to Bathsheba. Oh, wait a minute, that's right, Nathan and Bathsheba, they didn't get along anymore because remember, Nathan went in there and said, Thou art the man. So, you know, had a church falling out. There was no church falling out here. David didn't even lose his, lose his throne over that. We have to get back into the Bible and read the Bible and understand the Bible. Nathan went to Bathsheba and they were friends. And she said, we're in trouble here, but I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. You need to go tell your husband, David, that his son, Absalom, is trying to anoint himself as king. And so she said, okay, I'll go in there. So she goes in there to King David. Remember, he's in, he's in bed with that little girl, whatever it is. Of course, he wouldn't have anything to do with her, the Scripture says, because, you know, he was so old and, and uh, <clears throat> he was fixing to die. But anyway, so don't you realize uh, Adonijah is now the king and our Lord David doesn't even know it? If you want to save your own life and the life of your own son, because remember dynasties, well, you just kill all the brothers. That's what you do. You kill everybody else. And if you want to save yourself, you better run in there right now. Go at once to King David and ask him. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah, go, go in there at once to King David and ask him, My Lord, didn't you promise me that my son Solomon would be the next king to sit on your throne? Remember that? He promised that. Why then is Adonijah reigning? And while you're still talking to him, I'll come in and confirm everything. <laughs> so they had a little plan together. So Nathan waited on her, gave her a couple seconds. In comes Nathan. And Nathan says, hey, listen, boss, we're in trouble here, but i tell you what we can do, you know. Bathsheba went into the king's room. He was an old, old man. Now, that is something you want to get. These are the details. This is the guy that wrote the 23rd Psalm. You and I and Abraham and all of us are going to live a long, long time. Instead of, oh, my God. I mean, man, David, he could have been assassinated. Well, I mean, he should have because his brother, his brother, his, his son, Absalom, uh, was trying to take over the kingship. But anyways, so, uh, and guess who was there? There she was. There's the young little girl. She was caring for him. Bathsheba bowed low before him. What do you want? He asked her. She said, my Lord, you vowed to me by the Lord your God that my son Solomon would be the next king and would sit upon your throne. But instead, Adonijah is the new king. And you don't even know about it. He has celebrated his coronation by sacrificing. This was taking place outside of town, actually another small town. And your sons and Abathar, the high priest. Bozo, that Abathar. Ooh, he's going to get his dues. <clears throat> anyway, and General Joab, he's going to get his too. But it, they didn't invite Solomon. And now, oh my Lord, the king, all Israel, is waiting for your decision as to whether Adonijah is the one you've chosen to succeed you. If you don't act now, I will be arrested and executed as criminals as uh, soon as you're dead. While he was still speaking, here comes Nathan. All right. Nathan comes in, bowed low before the king and said... 
Oh, my Lord, have you anointed Adonijah to be the next king? Is he the one you selected to put on the throne? Today he's, let's recap, okay, he's celebrating and all this kind of stuff, la da 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 Okay, and they're saying and drinking, long live King Adonijah, but Zadok the priest and Benaniah and Solomon were not invited. Boy, these are great fellas right here. Benaniah is the bodyguard. Boy, I tell you what, you wouldn't want to get near him, but he's listed among the top 30 or whatever it is, one that group. I mean, man, he just, all these guys, it's all because of the blessings of the Lord. Has this been done without your knowledge? You haven't said a word uh, as to which of your sons you've chosen to be the next king. <laughs> Look what David said. Call Bathsheba. <laughs> of course, Nathan already knew. So she came back in and stood before the king. The king vowed. Now this is David. As the Lord lives. Look at these words. They mean something. And that's the reason it's in your Bible for you. As you're reading, you go, praise the Lord. That's for me. Yeah, when we get to heaven, we can ask David about this, but this is for you and I. As the Lord lives, who's rescued me from every danger. And here comes another one. Yeah, right when you're fixing to die. Well, that's when you get deserted. It doesn't matter. Jesus was fixing to go to the cross, and he told his disciples after he broke bread with them, he says, everybody's going to leave me tonight, and I'm going to be alone. But I'm not going to be alone because my Father is going to be with me. And the same thing's true with you and I. No matter what we're going through, you don't have to have me. You don't have to have your best friend. It's disappointing if you can't get him. Yeah, but don't get disappointed. David said, the Lord rescued me from every danger. And look at this. I decree your son Solomon shall be the next king that shall sit upon my throne, just as I have swore to you by the Lord God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed low before him again and again. Now think about her just a second. You think about her in her old age. What a what more could she ever want? This was this oh this just blessed her socks off. Oh thank you, sir. May the Lord the king live forever. Call Zadok the priest, the king ordered. And uh, and Nathan the prophet and Benaniah. And they arrived. Now of course these guys I know are giggling because they're just giddy. They're happy. They when they arrived, they said, uh, uh, he said to them, Take Solomon, remember that's his son, remember that's the second king, the third king of Israel. Boy, the wisest man in all the world is what's gonna happen in the next chapter. Solomon and my officers to Gihon. Solomon is to ride on my personal mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him there as king of Israel. Now remember, they're having a celebration just the other side. Let's say on North Gunnersville somewhere. They're all saying, Adonijah is king. Okay. Well, buddy, a big victory celebration is fixed to be taking place over here. It's going to be televised. All the emails be sent out. Watch this. So here's what they did. And they're to anoint him there as king of Israel. Then blow the trumpets and shout, Long live Solomon! Oh, brother, when you bring him back here, place him on my throne as the new king, for I have appointed him as king of Israel and Judah. Amen! Praise God! replied Benaniah and added, May the Lord be with Solomon as he's been with you, and may God make uh, Solomon's reign even greater than yours. Now watch what happens. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah, David's bodyguard, took Solomon, they put him on the mule. Okay. At Gihon, Zadok took a flask of sacred oil from the tabernacle. They poured it on Solomon. This is just the, the ceremony. And then the trumpets were blown. And the people shouted, long live King Solomon. All right, now guess what happens now? Then they all returned with him to Jerusalem, making a joyous, noisy celebration all the way. Now, back to the other brother. Uh-oh, bad news for them. Adonijah and his guest heard the commotion. <gasps> What's up? Just as they were finishing there, remember they were drinking, having a big time. Man, I'm going to be the new king. Yeah, buddy. All right. What's going on? Joab uh, demanded. Why is the city in such an uproar? See, some people out there trying to fool you and try to take you for what you're worth. Don't you worry about it. The Lord always take care of you. And while he was still speaking, Jonathan, the son of Abathar, the priest, rushed in. 
Come in, Ananias said to him, for you are a good man. You must have good news. Sorry, it ain't going to be good news. <laughs> Our Lord, the King David, has decreed Solomon is king. Jonathan shouted, the king sent him to Gihon with Zadok the priest, and of course anointed him as the... <laughs> All right, let's <clears throat> end of that chapter. Anyway, uh, protected by the king's own bodyguard, he rode on the king's own mule. Zadok and Nathan anointed him as the new king. They've returned. The whole city is celebrating. What's all this noise is? Solomon uh, right, sitting on the throne, and all the people are congratulating King David, saying, God bless you forevermore. And Solomon has been blessed. You personally. Okay. Uh, may uh, Solomon's reign even be greater than yours. The king's lying in his bed, acknowledging their blessings. He's saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel that has selected one of my sons to be on the throne. Now watch this. Now remember, this guy has got some of David's generals. Got some of his men over there, and they've just been hooping it up. <laughs> now they're all going to scatter because they're going to be scared to death. Adonijah and his guests, they jumped up from the banquet table, and they fled in panic. Oh, no. For they were fearful for their lives. Adonijah, look what Adonijah, the brother, did. He rushed into the tabernacle, caught hold of the horns of the sacred altar, like we're talking about today, sanctuary cities or whatever, or going to a church and call for sanctuary. He grabbed hold of the, the sacred altar. Anyway, the word of that reached Solomon that Adonijah was claiming sanctuary in the temple, pleading for clemency. Solomon replied, if he behaves himself, he'll not be harmed. But if he, but if he does not, he's going to die. So King Solomon summoned him. They brought him down to the altar. He came and he bowed low and Solomon curtly dismissed him, said, go on home. And that was the end of that. Now, anyway, these are details. Oh, you could keep going after that. Um, Adonijah, you read the next chapter, Adonijah blows it. He's still after trying to, to, to take the throne away from even from uh, Solomon. But anyway, what you find out is uh, those who are trusting the Lord, and that's not any secret. I mean, you know, if you know how to trust somebody uh, else, it's the same thing when you're trusting the Lord. It's not, this, you trust what the Lord has said. And that he'll take care of you. But anyway, I want to pick up here in the book of Acts. Now, the, the, Acts just simply means it's the actions. It's the details that took place. Again, it's not a theological thing. Oh, wow. It's, this is a historic fact. That's the reason I like to hear these praise reports. Like Phil. We're scratching our heads going, well, I, I, the Lord took care of him. Yeah. And your life and in my life. Okay, now in the sixth chapter... Uh, let's start here just a moment and look what happens. But the believers were multiplying rapidly and the rumblings of discontent. Those who spoke only Greek complained that their widows were being discriminated. Okay, so they sort of had sort of a church little problem here. Anyway, they decided to pick out a few guys, seven of them. One of them we're going to look at is Stephen. Okay, he's not even one of the Lord's disciples. I mean, he's a Christian. But anyway, notice this. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, God's power, did spectacular miracles among the people. Now, I want us to look this morning at what did Mr. Stephen know? And I'll tell you what he knew. He knew everything we've been talking about here. Just, just basic, just knew what was in the Bible and just trusted the Lord. And that's what the same things are for you and I, and they'll help you as well. But anyway, but uh, so these spectacular miracles were happening. Uh, remember, Jesus, not, no, no surprise, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. <clears throat> the Lord will do great things through you as well. Anyway, but one day, some of the men from the Jewish cult of the freedmen started an argument with him. They were soon joined by the Jews of Cyrene, Alexander, and Egypt. 
and these other guys anyway. But, it, but notice this. None of them were able to stand against the, Stephen's wisdom and spirit. Now remember, that's the same thing you have. It's the same thing David had when he was fixing to die. You know, he found out from Bathsheba and uh, Nathan the prophet that something was going down, but he had the wisdom. He said, here's what you do. You go get Solomon, you put him on my mule, and you race him around town, blow the trumpets, and you tell everybody, I anointed him. And he said, the Lord who delivered me from all my troubles, you know, <laughs> I swear this is going to take place. Praise the Lord. So anyway, notice this. They could not stand against Stephen's wisdom and spirit. So they brought some men in to lie about him. And they said, well, Stephen cursed Moses. He even cursed God. Oh, liar, liar. Did not. Don't worry about people lying about you. These accusations roused the crowd to fury against Stephen, the Jewish leaders. They arrested him, brought him before the council. And the lying witnesses testified against Stephen that he was constantly speaking about the temples and the, the temple and the laws of Moses. Oh, brother. No, he wasn't. They declared, we've heard this fellow say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and throw out all of Moses' laws. What's actually funny is that it actually did happen. All them laws are gone. There, there's not a one law we could keep anyway. I mean, think about the Ten Commandments. How are you doing on all ten of those things? You know, I mean, you, the Scripture says if you broke one, you broke them all. <clears throat> That's the reason we had to have a Redeemer. That's the reason Jesus died for us. Okay, but anyway, at this point, look at this. Everyone in the council, I mean, they were trying to grill him. They saw Stephen's face and it became radiant as an angel. Now, why do we have the details? Oh, Stephen was, oh, this is you. This is the acts of the apostles. But this guy here wasn't even an apostle. Well, the story goes on. That was just a marker there in the sixth chapter. If you went further, it goes right to the seventh chapter. And I want you to see what Mr. Stephen knew. And I got news for you. It's everything that you pay attention to in your Bible. You've got everything Stephen ever had. Praise the Lord. Now you know Stephen at the end here, he's going to give his life for Jesus. Don't worry about you losing your life, but just watch what happens. What, look what Stephen did. <clears throat> oh, So anyway, the high priest said, are these accusations true? And Stephen's lengthy reply, lengthy reply, the glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Iraq. Oh, I didn't know Iraq was in the Bible. Well, that's because it's called Mesopotamia back then, but it's Iraq today. Hey, I know where that is. We toppled Saddam. That's right. That's where it was. He moved to Syria. Now, why is Stephen talking about all this stuff? Because I tell you what, it happened. It happened. We have creation. We have a flood. We've got descendants from that flood, Noah, to a guy by the name of Abraham. And then all of a sudden, God shows up to Abraham and promises him the promised land, all these descendants, and here comes, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, Jesus is here. You have all those kings. There's nothing famous about any of those kings. It's just how they either loved the Lord and served him, or they were worshiping idols and they lost everything. All pointing us to one day we were needing some help and that would be from Jesus. So anyway, Abraham lived in Iraq. He moved to Syria and he was told to leave his native land and to say goodbye to his relatives and start out in a country that God would direct him to. Remember that? God said, Abraham, I, Abram, I want you to leave your country and go to a land. He don't even have any friends over there. So again, a major praise report. No matter where you're going in the future, don't worry about having to drag all your friends with you just for security. You've got Jesus. You've got him. You are so going to make it. He left the land of the Chaldeans, living in Haran in Syria until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land of Israel. Remember, he lived in tents and whatever. But he wasn't dirt broke. He had so much gold, it was amazing. 
He and Lot, his nephew, had so much cattle, their workers and slaves were fighting each other. And, and Abram said, look, time out. We've got to quit fighting with each other. You pick out what part of the land you want. Lot said, I'll take that glorious looking place over there. Abraham took the other side. Remember, this is in the 17th, 16th chapter of, of, of Genesis. Anyway, but he gave him no property of his own, not one little track. However, God promised that eventually the whole country would belong to him and his descendants, uh, though as yet he had no children. But God told him that these descendants would leave this land and live in a foreign country and become slaves for 400 years. What was that? That's Egypt. That's when they were down there. And here comes a quick synopsis of here comes Joseph coming up. So anyway, uh, but I will punish that nation that enslaves them, God told him. And afterward, my people will return to this land of Israel and worship me here. God gave Abram the ceremony of circumcision at that point as evidence of the covenant. Covenant? What does that mean? Why have a covenant? Promise to go to heaven? Nobody was even aware of thinking about going to heaven. This covenant was to take care of you and to protect you. Just to show you that real quick, look real quick with me. Let's see part of this. We'll just jump right straight back over here to uh, <clears throat> the grandson of one of these guys, which would be Jacob, and watch what he does. Hang on. Ah, let's pick it up about 29. You could find these. This, this is it. This is in chronological order. You could find these very easily. Just look and say, well, that didn't happen there. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, it's probably right here. And here it is. His daddy said, blessed him and said, don't marry one of these Canaanite girls. He says, man, you go marry one of your cousins from Laban. Anyway, so he's on his way. Now watch what happens. So Jacob leaves. He stops to sleep. Okay. He laid his head down to sleep and he dreamed about a staircase. Yeah. The ladder going to heaven. Jacob's ladder. Hey, that's that story. Top of the stairs stood the Lord. I'm Jehovah. Uh, look what he says. Oh, the ground you're lying on is yours. I will give it to you and your descendants. The same thing he said to Abraham. You'll have many descendants. Okay, wow. Praise the Lord. Okay. And notice, look at, look at this. 15, I am going to be with you. I will protect you wherever you go. I will bring you safely back to this land. I will be with you constantly until I'm finished giving you all that I'm promised. Now, that's yours. It's yours. Look what Mr. Jacob said. Of course, he panicked at first. He woke up. God lives here. <laughs> he exclaimed in terror. I've stumbled into his home. This is an awesome entrance into heaven. The next morning, he got up very early, set up his stone headrest as a memorial pillar, and we do that too. I mean, you probably started in school like I did. You took a pencil and you carved that name of that girlfriend in that desk. <laughs> something happens. You know, she finally answered my note, you know, whatever. Or you do something. You make a mark. Something happens. He named the place Bethel. That's not a name of a Baptist church. That's not where it started. It started at someplace else. The Baptist church picked it up from this. Bethel Baptist, where'd that come from? It came from this, called House of God. Though his previous name of the, the nearest village was Luz. Watch this. Jacob vowed, look what he vowed. This is the end of that chapter. If God will help me, no, I'll make a deal with you, Lord. If you're really who you say you are, and if you will help me, and you'll protect me on this journey. See, you got to remember people out there with knives and whatever, they're going to kill him. This is, man, this is, this is why, this is so not churchy. Do you know Jacob didn't even go to church? There was no church. He didn't get no message from no preacher. There wasn't any. Nobody knew nothing about the Lord. Nobody did. He said, if God will help me, protect me on this journey, give me food and clothes. Oh, and he did more than that. Boy, Jacob was so loaded when he came out of there. He was like a, practically a nation of his own. And bring me back safely to my father. Now, don't forget, he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Esau wanted to kill him. <laughs> his mama knew it too. So you better get out of here. Your brother wants to kill you. 
He said, then I'll choose Jehovah as my God. And this is the memorial pillar that shall be a place for worship. Notice, I'm going to remember this rock when I come by here. And I'll give you back a tenth of everything you need to give me. I mean, he said, I'll give you back a tenth of everything you give me. So there was no preacher anything in that. Uh-uh. He just said, man, if you're going to take care of me, Lord, I, 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 I'm going to cut 10% of what I got and give it to you. Praise the Lord. Well, if you keep reading, that's Genesis 28. goes all the way to uh, Genesis 50. And uh, this guy's uh, son, just think just a minute. You're reading this Bible on your own. This guy's son is who? He's got 12, but one of them's Joseph. And he was second to Pharaoh. And his son bailed him out in those latter chapters of uh, when there was famine. They had plenty of money. They just had no food. But Jacob was already second to Pharaoh. And when, by the time they all got in there and Jacob thought, remember Jacob thought his son was dead. What a blessing. You think one of your family members is dead? Man, we're worshiping God. God's going to take care of everything in our life. We just got to just ask Him to help us. Anyway, let's go back to this. Okay, so I'm going to run back to what we got here. Book of Acts here just a moment. So for some reason, Stephen certainly believes this. So he goes on and says, oh, the seventh chapter, excuse me. So he says, they're going to be in, they're going to be slaves to Egypt for 400 years, but I will punish that nation that enslaves them. Okay. Then God gave, uh, okay, the circumcision. He had Abraham's son was circumcised the eighth day. Isaac became father of Jacob. We just read about Jacob. And he was father of those 12 patriarchs. That just meant tribes, okay. It, it, you know, if you had 12 sons and you could keep them in your mind, you'd know, oh, that's so-and-so's son. That's just that many. Don't, don't make that word so big. Oh, 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 oh. No, please, don't do that. Anyway, these men were very jealous of Joseph, and they sold him as a slave in Egypt. Why is Stephen mentioning all this stuff? Well, remember, miracles are happening everywhere Stephen goes. And this is what Stephen knows about our great God. It's the reason uh, Jesus even mentioned the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise the Lord. He's our God today. Anyway, so, uh, boy, they were jealous about him, and they sold him as a slave in Egypt, but God was with him, delivered him out of all his anguish. Now, that's us. We have too many details for me not to get jealous and go, Lord, I wish you'd do something like that for me. <laughs> Hello! He will. Praise the Lord. He will. And gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him. Well, guess what? Stephen had that wisdom too. Nobody could shut him down. They'd say, well, la-da-da-da-da. And Stephen would say, well, la-da-da-da-dee. <laughs> I mean, and you've got that same wisdom. Praise the Lord. Anyway, they put him in charge over all the affairs of the palace. But famine developed in Egypt. Of course, this stuff is lies. Well, then how'd the book of Acts pick it up? It can't be lies. Anyway, their food was gone. Jacob heard there was grain. That's the grandpa or the dad. There was grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons to buy food. We've heard this story. Second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity. Wonderful story. They were introduced to Pharaoh. Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his brothers and families to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. Numbers all match. That's exactly what it says over in Genesis. So Jacob came to Egypt where he died. All his sons, all of them were taken to Shechem and they were buried. You know, they were all, they dealt, remember the story? Jacob didn't want to die. Well, he died in Egypt, but he didn't want to be buried there. Got my favorite burial place. You know, and you might be worried about something like that. You shouldn't, praise the Lord. Jacob got to be buried where he wanted to be buried. Glory. Anyway, as the time drew near, God would fulfill his promise to Abraham to free his descendants from slavery. Well, you know that Moses came on the scene. But notice bad news hit before that. Verse 18, then a king was crowned that had no respect for Joseph's memory. Well, doggone it. You can be blessed and all of a sudden falls all apart. No, it doesn't. 
We already know the story. This is Moses. Egypt's fixing to get fried. I mean, bad. Anyway, the king plotted against our race, forcing parents to abandon their children in the field. At that time, Moses was born, a child of divine beauty. But his parents hid him uh, at home for three months. Now, I didn't mean, you know, he's, he was just some sort of glorious kid here and just, oh my gosh, something. No, he, don't think that. Mm-mm. And at least oh, when they couldn't keep him hidden any longer, they had to abandon him. You know the story. They put him in a little reed basket on, on the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter founded him, adopted him. Now, that's a praise report in itself if you were his mama. Can you imagine the story? Moses' sister saw the incident. And she ran over there to Pharaoh's daughter and said, uh, You want me to hunt up a nurse for this little fella? Yeah, yeah. I think I know one. <laughs> she went and got Mama and said, Hey, guess what? Your son's going to be raised inside Pharaoh's house. And remember who this Pharaoh was. This was a Pharaoh who did not care about the Jews. Oh, anyway, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. This is where Moses killed that Egyptian when he got old, you know, and he thought that God was going to use him in that situation, but uh, the, the, those people turned against him. Anyway, he fled, and anyway, of course, you know, he came, comes back. Notice the same details. It's just a big wrap-up of this. But anyway, skipping down, they've already come out of, um, uh, they're, they're coming out of, um, of, uh, of Egypt here. Uh, Moses gets them all out. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Let me get down here to it. Oh, yeah. Moses himself told the people, God will raise up a prophet much like me from among your brothers. How true this proved to be. For in the wilderness, Moses was the go-between, the mediator between the people of Israel and the angel on Mount Sinai. But anyway, they rejected Moses. They wanted to return to Egypt. Notice what, see, this is what the whole issue was in the Old Testament. It's not because they made a mistake here and there. The problem was this. They were running after other gods. And... Well, thank God we're not going to do that. We're going to say, man, praise the Lord. God's going, to, God's going to take care of us. But see, they said, oh, no, we want a calf idol. And they sacrificed to it. And they, and they were actually saying the cow is what got them out of Egypt. Oh, for crying out loud. Can't you imagine God's going, oh, my goodness. A stupid cow got them out of Egypt. Oh, yeah, the cow split the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the cow made it light over there where the Jews were and dark over there in, in Egypt. No, I don't think it was no moo-moo did that. So God turned them away and gave them up, let them serve the sun and the star and the moon gods. In the book of Amos, the Lord prophesied, said, Was it not me you were sacrificing to in the desert? No, your earliest interest was in your heathen gods, your star god and all the images you made. Anyway, so he says, he sent them all off to the, I mean, they all wound up under Nebuchadnezzar. That's, that's why he mentioned that. But I, I want to I stop right here in this, um, uh, oh yeah, right here. This, this is where I want to stop right here. Uh, years later, when Joshua led the battles against the Gentile nation, in other words, they got all the way to the promised land. Remember, this was after the 40 years. Moses dies. Joshua crosses the river. Fantastic story. Joshua chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. Before they even take on Jericho, everybody in the promised land was scared of the Israelites. Why? Because of who their God was. 24 chapters in the book of Joshua. Fantastic. Just took over the whole place. And it's all because the Lord was with them. And then by the time you get to Judges, boom, it was lost. Because Joshua had said at the very end of that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why did he say that? Because they were all wanting to run after, you know, other gods. Well, I like the gods of that nation over there. I'll just worship him. Well, that thing's a piece of wood. It won't do nothing for you. But all of us that know, praise the Lord, I don't care what I'm up against, I'm going to be fine. Let's stop with this right here. Same thing we saw right at the start in 1 Kings. I don't see how we could miss it. 1 Kings chapter 1, good place to remember. Look what David said. Remember, David's the one that killed Goliath. 
And uh, what did he say when he found out that his, uh, when Solomon, there it is right there. And the king vowed, as the Lord who lives, who rescued me from every danger. And he's going to rescue you from every danger too. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that if we're not feeling good, we're sick or any kind of problems medically, Lord, you'll take care of that. Hallelujah. David said so. This guy right here, Lord, he said, one of the blessings, you forgive all our iniquities, all our sins, and you heal all our diseases. Praise the Lord. Same thing's true financially. Reason Jacob said that. Lord, if you, if you promise to take care of me, I'll give you 10% back. Praise the Lord. And we saw how you so took care of him and his grandsons and all the children of Israel. Praise the Lord. You'll take care of us financially. Well, if it's something we didn't even mention, no matter what it is, you'll get us out of that trouble. Like David said right here, Lord, rescued me out of every danger. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to act like Stephen and tell all these stories about what great things you've done, even in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, okay. Hey, before we go, I got one more thing I want to do. I, I just remembered something. I did this uh, one time before.